This is Dan from Burlington, Vermont, and I'm tuned in to the new TNN. Ladies and gentlemen, the shameless cash-in on the fact that it's WrestleMania season continues here on the new TNN podcast feed for the latest episode of Ringman, the show where we talk about the wars of sports-based entertainment. My name is Johnny C, and as always, thanks for coming on board for this one. Now, folks out there in listener land, we all are aware When it comes to WrestleMania, there are certain individuals that come to mind when you even say the phrase, WrestleMania. Visions of a large orange man cupping his hand to his ear, perhaps. Or a flamboyant, charismatic superstar soaring through the sky. Perhaps even an over-choreographed, yet awe-inspiring entrance from a dead man. However, I'm here to tell you that those individuals aren't the only cornerstones of WrestleMania. Oh no, 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 no. Isn't that Rocket Man? Oh, no, no, no. Anyway, so what I'm dancing around is there's a nice phrase out there in the sports entertainment-based zeitgeist known as Mr. WrestleMania. Hell, I think the WWE even uses the phrase like it's some sort of official title that one can earn. And you know, I get it. I really do. And for the purposes of humor, I'm overindulging a little, overindulging a little bit, but I certainly get it. Uh, friends, friends of the show, the North South Connection Podcast Network, have been putting out some great YouTube-based content, I might add. Uh, you know, doing tier rankings of so-called Mr. WrestleManias. I believe JT did... The official Mr. WrestleMania, Shawn Michaels. Uh, He then did my official Mr. WrestleMania, Hulk Hogan. And I think not the tool man took on The Undertaker, who's never really been described as Mr. WrestleMania, but he did have the streak. And those two elements are going to merge together to create our topic for today's show. Ladies and gentlemen, Johnny C is on the hunt. I'm not hunting for Mr. WrestleMania. I'm not even hunting for Ms. or Mrs. WrestleMania. No, 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 no. I'm searching for something all-encompassing. I'm searching for what I'm lovingly calling Lieutenant WrestleMania. So according to the internet, a lieutenant is like the lowest ranking uh capacity or uh, fucking rank you can have if you're a commissioned officer in the military. I don't even know what the fuck a commissioned officer is, okay? But since it's the lowest rank, I didn't want to do private WrestleMania or uh, fucking private first class WrestleMania or what is, what's Polly Shore in uh, in the Army now? <laughs> private first, I don't fucking know, it doesn't matter. I want to thank my brother the Bull Man. Although I love Polly Short, I live in the Army now. So what is Lieutenant WrestleMania, and what does it have to do with the streak? Well, Shawn Michaels often called Mr. WrestleMania not because of his win-loss record, but because of the show that he puts on at WrestleMania. He's always going out there to get the best match on the card, and majority of the time he's successful, and I think that's fucking great. My Mr. WrestleMania is Hulk Hogan, because he established what WrestleMania was all about. And, you know, he made evented a lot of them and won the gold at a lot of them. And I'm just a Hogan mark. What are you going to do about it? And, of course, the Undertaker streak was legendary. And it still kind of is legendary. Sure, he's got those, what is he, 25 and 2 or some shit like that. So, yeah. What does, how does this, in, uh, you know, relate to Lieutenant WrestleMania? Well, 
believe it or not, ladies and gentlemen out there, there are 12 individuals in World Wrestling Entertainment history that are undefeated at WrestleMania. There's actually a hell of a lot more. However, in order to be eligible to be considered Lieutenant WrestleMania, which is just a step below Mr. WrestleMania, I think, you have to be undefeated at WrestleMania. Caveat being, you have to have appeared at more than one WrestleMania. So there's like a lot of people that are 1-0 at WrestleMania. Uh, Snooki, for example. Floyd, Money Mayweather, for example. You know, these are people who are just one and done, though. And if you're only at one WrestleMania, could you really be considered eligible to be crowned Lieutenant WrestleMania? However, if you've been at more than one, and to this day you remain undefeated, then you are eligible for Lieutenant WrestleMania. So without further ado, let's start talking through the candidates and see if we can crown ourselves a Lieutenant WrestleMania. Ready? Are you sure you're ready? <laughs> Last chance to back off. All right, let's get, let's get into this. So, like I said, extensive internet-based research was conducted, and I came up with 12 individuals. Right away, we're going to make start making the cut. Of the 12 individuals that are a part of the undefeated list at WrestleMania with more than one appearance, we're scratching out two individuals right away. Now, the reason we're doing this is because these two superstars are current, active, eligible combatants that could still potentially compete at WrestleMania. You know, they're the opposite of the rest of the list. A lot of this list is like uh, the list in Major League at the beginning of the movie, where a guy's like, this one's dead. Cross him off then. All right, because some of these guys are, and gals are dead. So they're not going to ever lose at WrestleMania, and good for them. They should probably have it etched on their tombstone, 3-0 and at WrestleMania. Oh, that's awful. But since these folks are still active and could potentially lose at any given WrestleMania, and hell, one of them's booked at WrestleMania 39 and probably will lose, I'm going to cross them off then, as Miss Phelps said. The first, who I believe, and we'll go from you know lowest to highest, uh, coming in at a record of 2-0 and at the showcase of the Immortals, current Raw Women's Champion, Bianca Belair, I'm on my own, I guess the ball, I spin my hair and I whip you all, I don't know the words of song, but it always gets stuck in my head, and then that snake with lips, it's blowing on my hips, it's spinning all around, what's with that cartoon snake with lips? Does anybody else get freaked out by the cartoon snake with whips that's her hair? Or cartoon snake with lips that's her hair? Shit freaks me out, man. But Bianca, who I who I quite enjoy, by the way. I'm not crossing her off the list for any reason, other than the fact that she's still an active competitor, and she may not be undefeated at WrestleMania much longer. Now, our next contestant that's immediately getting crossed off the list, I'm so happy to see him go, because I felt like I might have to crown him Lieutenant WrestleMania based on the fact that he's 3-0, and he's got a couple of big championship wins at WrestleMania. Now, why am I happy to see him go? Because I fucking don't like him. And that's the monster among men, Braun Strowman. I believe he won some sort of universal championship, probably, thing, because Roman was sick at a mania. And then I think he won a tag title with Nicholas at Mania. And then I think he won a Battle Royal at Wrestle. I don't fucking know what the third match was. But I just don't like Braun Strowman. I think he's annoying. I think he's a piece. He's one of those dudes that probably is a big asshole, too. Although he got to hang out with Alexa Bliss. So good on you, Bronny. But yeah, Braun is 3-0. But at any particular moment, he could lose an active WrestleMania-based match. And so therefore... He's no longer eligible to be Lieutenant WrestleMania, as JR might say. So, already, 
we've made the cut from 12 to 10. Now, let's make the cut from 10 to 9. Two of the individuals on this list are on the list because they form a tag team configuration that is undefeated at WrestleMania. Now, I'm not going to tell you who they are because that would spoil the fun when we get to them on the list and for the discussion. But as of now, that's how 10 become 9 because player A and player B are a tag team. So they're just going to, from now on, be considered one entity because it's impossible to tear them apart from one another in this conversation. They share the same record. They pretty much do the same things in their matches. One of their matches is almost impossible to rate, even. So I hope you can understand how we've made the cut from 12 to 10 to 9. But there will be no more cuts for arbitrary reasons. Not that these reasons are arbitrary. But now... These nine undefeated superstar configurations at WrestleMania are going to battle it out to see who can be crowned Lieutenant WrestleMania. So here's how this competition is going to work. I'm going to go through the list, and we're going to talk about everybody once. And I'm going to give the the, the Starcade stats, if you will, about, uh, you know, who they wrestled at WrestleMania... Uh, what Dave Meltzer gave them in terms of star rankings. And then that's sort of the scientific portion of the Lieutenant WrestleMania calculation. And then after we go through everybody, I'm going to flip right back around. We're going to go through the list again, and I'm going to start eliminating people. And then, once I've made the first eliminations, I'll go back and eliminate some more, and then eliminate some more, and then finally, only Lieutenant WrestleMania will stand atop the mountain. So first, individuals who are 2-0 and at WrestleMania that are most likely no longer going to be competing due to age, uh, status in the business, or just, you know, deceasedness. Coming in, at, well, actually, these aren't ranked. This is just the first person on the list. Uh, wait, I think I spelled his name wrong. No, that's not it. It's actually spelled V-R-G-I-L. It's Virgil! Just to show you the type of competitors we're talking about. Not all not all are Virgil level. But hey, let's not count him out. We're in the scientific portion. We haven't even we're not even talking about emotions yet, alright? So it's all scientific first go around. So Virgil! Legendary former bodyguard of the Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase, made his first appearance as an active combatant in the wars of sports entertainment at WrestleMania 7, Superstars and Stripes Forever. Of course, famously, he took on his former employer, the Million Dollar Man, Theodore DiBiase, and basically, this is the match. I mean, this is the entire reason the Virgil character exists, right? It's one of those unfortunate setups in professional wrestling. It's like if Batista was Triple H's, like, I don't know, assistant or servant, butler, if you will, and then he finally turns on him and they fight, and then, you know, Batista spends the rest of his life in, like, the opening or second match, you know, just being nothing. Virgil was specifically created for this moment. And this moment was probably, what, the third or fourth highest match on the card? So not bad. Not bad at all. Plus, in order to get a little extra heat on this situation, they teamed up Virgil with the rowdy one, Roddy Piper. One could argue that Roddy kind of overshadowed Virgil a little bit. I always think of that moment where he comes out on the crutch and he's like, Virgil! It's time to fight! Come on, Virgil! And then it's like, Did Virgil have the music at 7? They should have just done the thing where he came out the DiBiase song. <laughs> so it's like the crowd's in a frenzy. Piper's like, come on, Virgil! 
ha 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 money 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 and the crowd goes wild it would be fun but virgil is victorious obviously he's undefeated at wrestlemania man how about that just as a trivia note virgil is undefeated at wrestlemania and he's had more than one match uh dave said this was a two-star outing and if i'm not mistaken I believe Virgil wins by nefarious means like countout or disqualification, so it's not exactly a pinfall or submission-based victory. That could come into play a little bit later. Now, Virgil returns at the Hoosier Dome in Indianapolis, Indiana, where I attended live. And that, I promise, will not influence the emotionality of Virgil's ranking as a potential candidate for Lieutenant WrestleMania, But he was in an eight-man tag. Now, scientifically speaking, things like this are going to matter. Virgil is a part of a four-man team. It's Hacksaw, Jim Duggan, that is, Sergeant Slaughter, the big bossman, Ray Trailer, and himself taking on the Mountie, the Reaperman, and the Nasty Boys. So Virgil is a part of the configuration. I don't think he's responsible for the victory. I can't remember. I probably should have watched it. Um, But he's just, you know, it's not like this is a solo thing, okay? But still a member of the victorious team. Dave chimes in with this bad boy clocking in at quarter star. So 0.25. So not exactly the greatest scientific resume for Virgil, but he's still here in contention. He's a a big emotional uh, underdog. No, not an underdog. He's he's an emotional favorite, perhaps a scientific underdog. We'll come back to Virgil when the competitors have been outlined. Next on the list, a surprising competitor. Um, Ranking in at 2-0, undefeated at the Showcase of the Immortals. Terry Funk. Now, Terry Funk has himself a bit of a resume here. Two tag team matches, but according to Dave, Terry is bringing the work rate. So let's start at the in the in the furthest past, WrestleMania 2, what the world has come to. I believe he is in Los Angeles hanging out with the dude. Oh, there's a man. I don't want to say I don't want to say the dude was lazy, although he certainly was. But there's a dude, there's a man who, for a time and a place, I can't remember that fucking opening of the Big Lebowski. But Terry Funk is victorious at WrestleMania 2 when he teams up with Hoss Funk. Look at that Funk, he's a big Hoss Funk. And they defeat the Junkyard Dog. And Tito Santana, main event anywhere in the country, in my opinion. I haven't watched this match in some time. But according to Dave, which sounds like a bad sitcom, three and a half stars for this bad boy, perhaps making it the highest ranked sports entertainment battle of WrestleMania 2. I didn't check. But that's pretty high up there. Now, Terry would take a 12-year break. He would return wearing his mom's underwear on his head, and team up with Cactus Sack, or Cactus Jack, and take on the New Age Outlaws for the World Wrestling Federation Tag Team Championships of the World in a dumpster match at WrestleMania 14, DX rated. Of course we know that Chainsaw Charlie or Terry Funk was victorious as he's undefeated at WrestleMania, but ladies and gentlemen, Let's really consider this here. Terry Funk won the World Wrestling Federation Tag Team Championships at WrestleMania with Mick Foley as a tag team partner, who's a pretty big star, and defeated the New Age Outlaws, who the very next night would become part of the Degeneration X-based configuration of the World Wrestling Federation. So, not a bad thing to have on your resume. I like Terry Funk. He's entertaining as all get out, and I'm happy to see he's in contention for Lieutenant WrestleMania. One of his opponents, however, 
casts a very large shadow. And it's not so much a star ranking-based shadow, as we'll talk about when we discuss Dave's star ranking, but he is undeniably intertwined with WrestleMania-based history. He appears at two WrestleManias in an official competitor's capacity. He's a member of the WWE Hall of Fame, and he loves his mama. It's Clubber Lang himself, Mr. T. You guys think Mr. T was chomping at the bit to get that phone call from Michael B. Jordan to come back in a Creed 3? <laughs> Michael B. Jordan, I gotta tell you something. Uh, you've been dodging my phone calls for weeks. I got an idea. Creed 3. Clubber Lang. Clubber Lang. Clubber Lang had sex with everybody back in the 80s. Clubber Lang gotta have a child out there. How about Mr. T come back and manage Clubber Lang child? Or better yet, how about Clubber Lang just takes on Creed? Come on, fool! I mean, I I wouldn't put it past him, you know. Why, how come Thunderlips the Third or Junior isn't wrestling Adonis Creed in some sort of charity contest at Creed Three? I haven't seen Creed Three, so I guess it could happen. But I suppose if fucking Clubber Lang Junior or Thunderlips Junior showed up, I probably would have heard about it as a part of the pop culture zeitgeist. Okay, so I think it's safe to assume. That uh, Mr. T is nowhere near Creed 3, but he is near the top contention for Lieutenant WrestleMania. And here's why. He hosts Saturday Night Live the fucking weekend of WrestleMania 1, okay? Do not underestimate that. Although I watched that on Peacock, and it's chopped to hell. Cut a bunch of shit out. Didn't appreciate it. And he's a part of the big main event of WrestleMania 1. When Mr. T teams with Hulk Hogan to take on Rowdy Roddy Piper and Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff. And of course, they're successful because T is undefeated. I'll see myself out now. He would return a year later. Oh, that match, for some reason, unranked by Dave Meltzer. It's unseated, according to Starcade stats, as JR would say. Now, he'd return a year later for WrestleMania 2, what the world has come to. And not only would he go one-on-one with one of his nemesis from WrestleMania 1, Mr. Rowdy Roddy Piper, it would be in a very special boxing exhibition match with a boatload of celebrities at ringside, including Herb from Burger King. Okay? And the Where's the Beef Lady? No, she's in Chicago. Never mind. Uh, but Herb is there. Don't tell me it wasn't there. I saw him there. He danced. Uh, Dave, uh, now I really like Mr. T versus Piper in a boxing match. I think it's just the right level of ridiculous spectacle for WrestleMania. I have a fun time watching it. I like seeing Piper do his thing in the ring. I don't necessarily so much like his pre-match interview, but that's another story altogether. But Dave, Dave don't like this a bit. He gives it negative five, which I think is the lowest ranking Dave can give out. And that makes my heart weep. Because scientifically speaking, it's difficult to think of Mr. T as Lieutenant WrestleMania. Not in consideration, or nothing, something we will not hold against Mr. T, and I promise you, we will not hold against him the fact that he refereed that match at Halloween Havoc, I think it was. And he came out wearing the, the sleeping cap like he's fucking Grandpa Joe from Charlie and Chocolate Factory. Uh, fool, I got a golden ticket. I got a chance to make my day. And with a golden ticket, it's a golden day. I pray the fool ain't got a golden ticket, but he's wearing a referee sleeping cap. That thing rules. Actually, he should just be declared Lieutenant WrestleMania because of the sleeping cap, but I can't do it. That's the emotional part. Scientifically speaking, T's got a not ranked and a negative five, but he is 2-0 at Wrestle-fucking-mania. Now, we're going to get a little diversified here. All right? There are... Quite a few members of the WWE women, women's women's division, I almost said, women's division, who are in contention for Lieutenant WrestleMania, which is also one of the reasons why we're calling it Lieutenant WrestleMania. We don't need no gender identification here. It's all about performance. I don't care how you reproduce, okay? I don't care how you pee. Just don't reproduce or pee on me. Unless, you know, I'm in the mood, and that's fine. But all jokes aside, 
Next up, we have the ninth wonder of the world, China. Who is so, so, so disrespected in the history of the WWE, in my opinion. I fucking love China. I'm a huge China mark. Um, China first appears at WrestleMania 2000, or WrestleMania 16, uh, teaming with... Is she teamed with Eddie to take on... Oh, fuck me. It's Eddie... No, she teams with Too Cool to take on the Radicals, I think, in a six-man configuration. Wow, I really should have done some research so I could do this all by memory. But yeah, uh, she's in a a two-and-a-half-star six-person tag team match at WrestleMania 2000. So she is victorious, but she's, you know, one part of a tag configuration. So we'll take that into consideration and think about it. But Dave gave it two-and-a-half, which is your your replacement level. That's pretty good. Now, the next year, WrestleMania 17. China would return from a traumatic neck injury sustained at the Royalist of Rumbles to defeat the co-captain of the right to censor, the reigning defending champion of a women's nature of the world, Ivory. In just about a minute or some seconds, China absolutely beats the shit out of Ivory. It's a total squash. Dave gave it negative one stars. Why not just dud? It's a squash. It's not a... It's 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 too short to be negative, okay? It's almost too short to be ranked. But China just a fucking obliterates her. It's an all-time statement match at a WrestleMania, and she claims victory over the Women's Championship. So getting a singles world-based title at WrestleMania is huge. But when it comes to the science, two and a half stars and negative one stars from Dave. Of course, Bianca was a part of this list. She's 2-0, but... She's already been cut. The next 2-0 and final 2-0 competitor in contention for Lieutenant WrestleMania. Hold on. I can't see the name. Will somebody somebody get me uh, some lights or something? Could somebody light it up? Light it up, 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 and then the shine and the fun and the shine in your eyes. Light it up, light it up, light it up, light it up. You guys remember that song? Yeah, it's a good song. It's AJ Punk, or as she's known professionally, AJ Lee. On paper, AJ's got herself quite a barn burner style victory here at her first WrestleMania appearance at WrestleMania 30 in the Silver Dome. You know, she defeated 14 other competitors to retain her WWE Women's Championship. I think it was the Women's Championship. Could have been the Divas Championship. Not quite sure. Not looking it up. Dave gave it one and a quarter star. So... That's a lot of people in a match, okay? And while it might look good on a resume that you defeated that amount of people, the opposite side of that coin is that you're the only one that's, that is worth a damn that we're going to push. Now, I'm not besmirching the other individuals in this contest, but that's sort of what it kind of reeks of. Like if the Hardy Boys are at the peak of their powers and they're in a 44-team tag-team turmoil match. And it's like, yeah, we beat 43... Actually, Jeff Hardy being like this. We beat 43 other teams in a tag-team tornado turmoil match. We beat Techno Team 2000. We beat uh, Shinobi and Avatar as well. Uh, I think we also took out the Goon and Duke the Dumpster Drossy. And so, Dudley boys, we're coming for you for those WWF tag-team championships. Modest. To the top. That's Jeff Hardy for everybody. But so, it really just reeks of I'm the only competitor in this division that's getting any screen time. And so, is my victory really warranted? WrestleMania 31. This actually, I mean, I'm sure I've seen the match. WrestleMania play button. Uh, AJ Lee teams with Paige to defeat the Twins Bella. And it's two and a half stars from Dave. Now, all four competitors in that match absolutely can go... So that's pretty cool. And of course, don't forget, you're on the winning side of history. AJ Lee, the final 2-0 competitor in contention for Lieutenant WrestleMania. Sticking 
with the ladies. We're moving into a whole new territory on this one. There are many competitors that are 3-0 at WrestleMania. The first up, the queen of the Attitude Era, at least the early portions before she decided to do the lawsuits and what have you. The master of the 38 specials, Sable making her WrestleMania debut in a three-star affair, mind you. And I'm on board with that. It's a pretty good match. The crowd is super fucking into it. She teams with Marvelous Mark Morrow to defeat the artist formerly known as Goldust and his main squeeze, Ms. Luna Vachon. That Sable Bomb is quite a pop from the Fleet Center Faithful in Boston, Mass. And proof further that Sable, in consideration to lead a women's-based WWF program, you know, not a bad idea at the time. I don't think it would have worked long-term, but that's not what we're here for. But I can understand how individuals within the company could have believed that that was possible. Now, I'm quite familiar with the next match on her WrestleMania resume. It comes from WrestleMania 15. Back in the day here on the new TNN, we had a show called Starman, where we reviewed, or we watched, Dave's worst-ranked matches of all time and took it to court and decided if the matches were guilty or not guilty of the star rankings. Now, that show will come back someday. It's just on pause, as my good friend Captain N, the Game Master, would say. And uh, we reviewed this WrestleMania 15 encounter, Sable taking on Tori, not Wilson. Uh, Tori, you might recall, was dressed up like one of the cats from that play Cats that they turned into that movie Cats that I refuse to watch. Uh, Nicole Bass making an appearance as well, but none of the nonsense or accoutrement is important. What's important is scientifically, Dave ranked this successful title defense, I might add, at WrestleMania, negative two. So that's unfortunate. Positive side effect of this match, Sable did indeed ask the masses in Philadelphia, are you ready for the grind? And then she did the grind, which I'm doing, but you can't see because it's a podcast, not a video. Her final appearance would come five years later. At WrestleMania 20, where it all began again, when she teamed with fellow Playboy Playmate Tori Wilson to defeat Stacy Keebler and Ms. Jackie, the one that was married to Charlie Haas, in some sort of a Playboy evening gown encounter, which earned a quarter star from demigod Dave Meltzer. So, scientifically speaking, Sable's Lieutenant WrestleMania resume, which I'm holding right here, isn't necessarily the strongest. As you can tell, I'm able to flip it rather easily. But at the same time, not too shabby from the Sapester. Now, you've all been waiting on pins and needles with your breath held. And I hope, for God's sakes, you didn't pass out or worse die while you were waiting with bated breath to figure out who the two individuals were that were merged together as one. Well, if you held your breath for the right amount of time and then got a big (gasps) when it was necessary, you might say to yourself, what a rush. But actually, don't do that, kidsters. It's not a good idea. But it is indeed the Legion of Doomsters, Hawk and Animal, 3-0 at the showcase of those that live for some time. The Legion of Doom! Now, Hawk and Animal, as they have the same record, uh, they compete in the same matches, they are a tag team, they're not quite the same person, but for the purposes of the Lieutenant WrestleMania competition, they are viewed as one. So we could have co-lieutenants of WrestleMania, 
or just the Lieutenant of Re- Lieutenant WrestleMania, the Legion of Doom. I don't know how we're going to say it if they win. But in order to figure out if they win, let's scientifically look at their WrestleMania resume. Now, they debuted at WrestleMania 7 where superstars and stripes fought forever. And they defeated Power and Glory in a match that Dave did not rank because it's an immediate squash. Real waste of power and glory here. Stupid maneuver on on behalf of the booking team, in my opinion, as I'm a huge power and glory fan. But we had to put over the Doomsters pretty fucking hard. And so, we did. Now... They would fly off the radar. Of course, they would appear at WrestleMania 8, reuniting with Paul Ellering on the quest for their prized possession, the dummy known as Rako. But they would return five years later when the heat on Sunday night was turned up at WrestleMania 13 heat. When they competed with Uh, I was going to say with uh, former, but yeah, he is a former, former World Wrestling Federation Intercontinental Champion Ahmed Johnson to take on the Nation of Dominations, Farouk, Crush, and Savio, Savio Vega. In a Chicago street fight that Dave gave three and a half big old snowflakes. So that's pretty cool. Plus, that match is a lot of fun to watch. I believe there's even a kitchen sink involved, a fire extinguisher, and that part where Animal or somebody angrily slams Farouk on the table because the first time they do it, it doesn't break. So that's pretty cool. Now, I've shamelessly promoted, well, I don't know if it's shamelessly promoted, but I reminisced about Starman just a few minutes ago. Folks, the Legion of Doom's WrestleMania 14 appearance was also covered on Starman. I think it might have been the very first match we ever talked about. Or maybe it was on the very first show. It is the Beyond the Mat opening title sequence WrestleMania Battle Royal for Tag Team Supremacy. Where the Legion of Doom return with their new manager, Sonny, as LOD 2000. Um, neither... Well, actually, Animal doesn't look too bad in this match. Hawk! (laughs) Definitely showing signs of those demons. Uh, They do win this over-the-top battle royal with the help of Sonny. Uh, Dave gave this match a scientific negative one and a half stars. Oh, that's a bummer. And not looking too good on the resume. But hey, Legion of Doom, we're not counting you out yet. Not at least until we get into the emotional or feelings about WrestleMania that we'll come and talk about when we come through the entire list again. Uh, Braun Strowman is also 3-0. We talked about him and why he's not in competition. Let's move on to the final member of the 3-0 roster. Ladies and gentlemen, huge shocker here, Mr. Jake Bullet himself. Bill Eady, better known to his friends as Demolition Axe. Now, you might be saying to yourself, Johnny, hold on a second. Just Demolition Axe? Where's the Smasher? And to a lesser extent, Crush. Well, I'll tell you folks, unlike Hawk and Animal, which were the Legion of Doom, Axe of Demolition fame, judging by his placement on this list, knew when to say enough is enough and it's time for a change. Because while demolition continued on in the wars of sports-based entertainment, Axe called it quits from a WrestleMania standpoint after WrestleMania 6, whereas at WrestleMania 7, Smash and Crush were defeated in tag team competition to Regis Filman's, or excuse me, by Regis Filman's favorite tag team, Yu Tenru, Yu Katao, Columbia Pictures. It does not age well, ladies and gentlemen. I'm sorry, but it, I still remember laughing at it quite a bit. It's just, it's Regis. I don't think Tenru and Katao were bad. Uh, maybe they were. I don't know. I don't want to speak for them. But here's here's the whole point. And of course, that's not it. I can't move on yet. I forgot. You know, I get a, I get accused of having a bit of the Alzheimer's. 
I forgot about the other demolition member. Repo Man! Because Smash went on to lose as Repo Man at WrestleMania 8. So Axe is undefeated at WrestleMania and therefore eligible for the role of Lieutenant WrestleMania. Now let's take a look at the science-based activity. WrestleMania 4, the tournament at Trump Plaza. Well, Demolition wasn't after the tournament-based gold. They were after Tag Team Gold, and they defeated the boys with the girls in cars. The Strike Force at WrestleMania 4 and claimed the World Wrestling Federation Tag Team Championships of the World I believe, for the first time, question mark? Yeah, we're going to go with the first time. Why not? Then, uh, and it got two and a half stars from Dave. At WrestleMania 5, they successfully defended their WWF Tag Team Championships in a handicap match, which is very difficult to do. Now, They defeated the Powers of Pain and their former manager, Mr. Fuji. And while this is just a match, let's not forget that this match was backed up by the fantastic double turn from Survivor Series 1988. So there was a lot on the line here. Because the Powers of Pain turned heel and rescued Master Fuji. And Demolition tossed Master Fuji to the side. So it was time to put up or shut up. In regards to a relationship with the Fuge. And Demolition was successful. Dave called the match dud. And then what's often called the second half of a big double main event at WrestleMania 6 in the Skydome. Demolition, Smash, and Axe defeated members of the Heaton family Haku. And the legendary Andre the Giant, the Colossomy Colossal Connection, to regain and three-peat. I I think they just did the three-peat, Monsoon. To three-peat as World Wrestling Federation Tag Team Champions to the delight of the Sky Dome crowd. Uh, Dave gave it two stars. But I think I speak for a lot of us by saying that match goes really far to our love of WrestleMania. Now, that finishes up the 2 and O's and the 3 and O's. And by my count, there's just one person left. Ladies and gentlemen, the streak lives. Don't let anyone tell you that the streak is over, as Michael Cole famously said, because... My good friend that doesn't know me and isn't actually my good friend, Robert Van Dam, cousin of Jean-Claude, is sitting at 4-0 at WrestleMania. WrestleMania 18, make me a superstar, yeah! A successful defense of the Intercontinental Championship in the opener against Sir William Regal in what Dave Meltzer called a two-star affair. Okay, well, it's at least a singles titles defense victory. Then at WrestleMania 20, in one of those four-team tag-team clusterfucks, RVD and Booker T successfully defended their World Tag Team Championships against three other teams in a -a one-and-a-half-star encounter, according to Dave. Now... We've talked about individuals winning singles titles, defending titles, uh, tag titles, defending titles, losing titles. We've talked about, you know, defending women's championships in in a 14 way. As crazy as that sounds. But folks, a staple of WrestleMania-based competition for a specific time frame was the Money in the Bank ladder match. And at WrestleMania 22, RVD. Rob Van Dam, show me the money! Rob Van Dam! One, the money in the bank at WrestleMania 22, defeating legends such as Ric Flair, amongst others, in what Dave Meltzer called a four-star attraction. Rob would, of course, go in to cash in at ECW One Night Stand and win all the gold, get high as a kite, and, you know, misplace the belts. What are you going to do? 
not his fault. Well, I mean, who should care? You know, it's like he had a fucking machine gun in his car. It's a weed. Anywho, but hey, you can't take the victory away from him, though. In a four-star encounter, uh, RVD won Money in the Bank at 22. And then... He was a part of the ECW contingent, the original ECW contingent at WrestleMania 23 that defeated those up-and-coming extremists in what Dave called a two-and-a-quarter contest that was an eight-man tag team match. Of course, we all know the better match was held a couple of nights later on ECW on Sci-Fi. But folks, the scientific-based discussion is complete. These are the contenders for Lieutenant WrestleMania. Judging from where we're at in this pod-based conversation, I think it's time to start eliminating some people. And I am doing this live. I have some preconceived notions. So it's going to be easier to eliminate some of these people than others. But I have not declared a victory. All right, This This is coming at you live, as live as live can be. The statistics don't lie, and neither does Johnny C., that rhymed. I don't know if it really made sense, but it rhymed, I think, so I'm okay with that. I like the brand synergy there. But let's start making our final cuts to find Lieutenant WrestleMania. Lieutenant WrestleMania, I play ping pong. Oh, God. That's a Forrest Gump joke. That's not a, any other joke. That's a Tom Hanks accent joke. Okay. Lieutenant WrestleMania, I agree. <laughs> Lieutenant. Got it! <laughs> okay, I think that's out of my system now. Appreciate the uh, patience upon everyone. All right, so we're going to go back to the list. We've discussed the scientificity of everything. Now let's talk about the emotion. And by the way, I'm going to start making some cuts. Back at the two and O's. Up first, Virgil. Now, emotionally... I really got all caught up with Virgil's strife against the Million Dollar Man. Um, you know, when Virgil took him out at the Rumble, I was stoked. When Virgil teamed up with Piper to learn how to spell, I was stoked. When Virgil came out to wrestle, eh, eh. But on the flip side, think about Virgil. Think about the man. Now that folks are out and out and about again, and conventions and 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 fan conventions and uh, wrestling fan conventions and stuff like that are back happening, how awesome would it be for Virgil to be able to add to his sign, "Come meet Lieutenant WrestleMania"? I mean, think about it. It's gonna be a cash cow, and for Virgil, the man, hasn't he sacrificed so much? that perhaps he should be left in consideration for Lieutenant WrestleMania. But think about this. That victory obtained at WrestleMania 8 was not earned by himself alone, nor was the victory at WrestleMania 7. Now, if we were going for Lieutenant SummerSlam, well, I guess Virgil wouldn't even be consideration because he was defeated by Nails. Virgil's biggest win over DiBiase comes at the SummerSlam. And so... I feel in my loins that I have to remove Virgil from contention of Lieutenant WrestleMania. No, the feed didn't cut out. I'm just trying not to cry. Okay. Up next, Terry Funk. Now, look at the science involved here. Funker's got two matches, and he's got himself six and three quarters of a star. That's not a bad average, man. And Terry Funk, of course, is a hardcore wrestling legend. Flip side, I've watched a lot of WCW 2000. And that was back in the year 2000. And the Funkster wasn't exactly the world's greatest talker at that point. So here in 2023, I don't know if we should really put it out there that we want Terry Funk representing our brand as Lieutenant WrestleMania. Not to mention, his WrestleMania 2 match, well, forgettable. I mean, I am a wrestling nerd with a podcast, and even I had to look it up. And that era is my bread and butter. So what's that tell you? And then, 
when I saw that Terry Funk was 2-0, and I said to myself, what? He's at WrestleMania 2. Where else is he? Oh, yeah, he's Chainsaw Charlie. I mean, it took a minute. His name is not necessarily synonymous with WrestleMania, like a Hulk Hogan or a Shawn Michaels, or to a lesser extent, a Kevin Nash. Hey, this is Kevin Nash. Huh? You know, Johnny, uh, excuse me. I'm sorry to interrupt your show. Uh, this is Shredder here, in case you didn't know. Um, why am I not in contention for Captain WrestleMania? Well, Kevin, that's Captain WrestleMania. That's another show. This is Lieutenant WrestleMania. Oh. Yeah, continue. Thanks, Kev. Hey, see you for Toad Man next time? Don't catch your chickens, pal. Alright, thanks. Anywho, I think... I think Terry Funk is going to have to go. But mad respect to the Funkster. I mean, hey, look. It's a harder cut than Virgil. Okay? I'll be honest with you. Mr. Fucking T. Not getting cut. I'm saying it right now. You know, we talked about this. This is the emotional part. Okay? Listen. Listen to Mr. T's resume. Okay? It sings. It flows like a butterfly and all that shit too. Hey, Johnny C, I'm gonna kill you, fool, if you cut me for the competition of Lieutenant WrestleMania. Well, that's all I needed to hear. I mean, that's it. Clubber Lang survives to fight another day. But in all seriousness, here's the reason why. T, synonymous with the first two WrestleManias. The first two WrestleManias, synonymous with WWF's continued existence. Bottom line. China. Ah, this hurts. I have said on numerous podcasts, and I even created an entire show. I did a two-and-a-half-hour episode of the show that I host on the North South Connection Podcast Network called Multiverse of Fabulousness, where the gimmick is, like, I go to the multiverse and see how things turned out differently on different Earths. I did one where WrestleMania 2000 was called WrestleMania 16, and it had no multi-person matches. And I booked China versus Triple H for the World Wrestling Federation Championship, and I put China over. And I had like a 30-minute rant explaining why the story would work and why people would buy it and why it was the right time to do it. So when I tell you that I would love to have China, even though it's not as prestigious as Mr. WrestleMania, if I'd love to have China as my lieutenant WrestleMania, I hope you know that I'm being very fucking serious. You know, if Lieutenant WrestleMania was like a serious thing. But I China's match at 16 is not enough. And 17 is a squash. Yes, she wins the Women's Champ- World Championship. And that's quite a feat. And she's also just 2-0. and Maybe if she was 3-0 and or 4-0, and there'd be more consideration. And I know Mr. T is only 2-0. and But think about what Mr. T means to the brand of WrestleMania. Um, and so I think it's a, it's, you know... It makes sense. China, I love you, but you're out. AJ Lee. And it could just be because the modern product blends all together. And I'm a li- I'm a, I like AJ Lee. Obviously, I love her theme song. She cracks me up in Scooby-Doo WrestleMania, you know. And I love her fucking Chuck Taylor boots. Holy shit. Oh, Johnny C enjoys those boots quite a bit. Um, but I mean, come on, she's in like a 15 person Vicky Guerrero Invitational match at WrestleMania 30. Uh, now the WrestleMania 31 match is definitely a bit more on the nose for wrestling. She's with Paige, another accomplished female competitor. Well, another accomplished competitor. I don't want to quantify that she's a female because that's irrelevant. But Paige and AJ are good workers. The Bellas really got a lot better as the years went along. Um, so I got a lot of respect for what AJ Lee was able to accomplish scientifically. But emotionally, it's there's just no connection there to WrestleMania. And so, folks... I mean, and, I've, and you know, in all seriousness, if Bianca Belair, who's also in this 2-0, and hey, if she keeps a streak going, rock and roll. We'll revisit this conversation someday, but, you know, she's not available because she's active and could lose at any time, thus tarnishing the Lieutenant WrestleMania award. So the only individual from the 2-0 and bracket that survives is Clubber Lang himself, Mr. T. Now... Let's move on to the three and O's. Just three configurations to discuss. Sable. 
cannot deny the fun of the WrestleMania 14 mixed tag team match. WrestleMania has a great history with mixed tag team matches. It's a bummer that Sable's trilogy, because she's in three, 14, 15, and 20. Pity she wasn't at, like, I don't know, 16 in some sort of a wrestling match to see if her evolution as a sports entertainer inside the ring could have evolved. Because as it stands, her first appearance is the peak. Three stars, scientifically, but also, I think, from just the fans wanting to rally behind her, the Sable Bomb, all of that. You know, this is when you could have punched her ticket. 15, she's a heel, and she beats Tori, who's a non-factor, and she says, Are you ready for the grind? Which is embarrassing. But at least it's a wrestling match. But at 20, she's just doing Playboy stuff. And while I have respect for what Sable was able to accomplish, especially in an era where they weren't going to let her accomplish much, okay, they weren't going to give her carte blanche, they weren't going to put the fucking, what is it, tie the fucking rocket to her or whatever, break the glass ceiling, all that shit. They weren't going to let it happen. Um, so mad respect for Sable, but I'm I'm sorry, Rena, Lesnar, Marrow, the fourth. I just have to cut you from the Lieutenant WrestleMania competition. Please don't send your husband after me. He'll eat me alive. I mean, he'll eat me for weeks. Have you seen the size of my stomach? I mean, he'll feed your, I'll feed your entire family for like a year, maybe. I, so I know Brock will do it. I bet he, I bet Brock's thrifty. Not thrifty in like a way that's mean, but thrifty in a way that's like he's got so much fucking money, but all he needs is a bow and a one arrow that he can reuse and he can, you know, kill enough meat for his family to live for an entire year. And I bet he drives like a truck that uses only like some sort of insane fossil fuel that's, you know, it destroys the environment, but it's super cheap. And the truck's from like 1972 and it still runs like a beast, no pun intended, because he can fix it up. And none of his shirts need sleeves, so he's saving money there as well. And, you know, what does he do for entertainment? Does he subscribe to all these monthly things? No! He's just got a bale of hay that he throws far. And then he goes and walks after it and throws it and sees if it's farther than the first time he threw it. The man doesn't have to pay for shit. He lives off the land. So please don't send your husband after because I believe he will hunt me for sport. Although it won't be much sport. It's just, it's done. It's done before it started. Anywho, back to the conversation at hand. Uh, Lieutenant WrestleMania, the Legion of Doom, 3 and O, oh, A straight up bitching of power and glory. A really fun inclusion in the Chicago Street Fight to where I would argue their inclusion pushes it over the top and sort of saves the match because they're in Chicago. And then, unfortunately, the resurrection at WrestleMania 14 is a bad battle royal. But battle royals are pretty much always bad. We can't blame the Doomers for that. And I have to admit, like I think a lot of people will, when that when they came out as LOD 2000 with Sonny, it was like, okay, here we go. LOD is back and better than ever. Ladies and gentlemen... We might have to cut this thing in half. LOD are still in contention for Lieutenant WrestleMania. Unbelievable! Only in America! Bill Eady, Jake Bullet, taking on Rip. Wait, wrong notes. Bill Eady, the Axer. I mean, two massive WWF Tag Team Championship wins. The one at six, I would say, perhaps the greatest title change at WrestleMania history that's not involving a world title uh, up until that point and lasting for some time. You know what I mean? Like, there are... I mean, you think about world titles changing hands at WrestleMania. I'm sure they're better. This isn't what the show's about. I don't have a list prepared to go and contrast and compare. But Colossal Connection losing to Demolition at six is probably the best non-world title change for a long time. And then, sure, the match at 5, scientifically, isn't loved. But at 5, you get the amazing footage of Fuji trading for the WrestleMania match. And you get Demolition destroying their former mentor and defeating their paint, their, bro- their brothers in paint, Tony. The powers of pain after the great double turn at Survivor Series. Plus, defeating Strikeforce at 4 to win their first. 
X plus X knew when to bail. He knew when to turn his back on the Smasher and the Crusher to maintain his perfect record. X is a strategist. A maxter strategist. You see what I did there with Master and X? Bill Eady, still in the conversation for Lieutenant WrestleMania. Now there's just one person left. One man atop the mountain at 4 and 0. Oh. RVD. Opening match at WrestleMania 18, not setting the world on fire. In fact, I was at 18, and I often can't get them, uh, well, I don't get them mixed up because Jericho's in the main event of 18, but uh, if someone would be like, what was the opening match at WrestleMania 18? I'd be like, uh, Regal and Jericho, no, Regal and RVD. Like, it would take a second, you know? Like, I, I, I would misremember which Regal match opens the show. So RVD's not exactly making an impression here to me. WrestleMania 20, don't even get me started on these fucking clusterfuck tag matches. I don't care about them. I want them to die. However, flip side, WrestleMania 22, the second annual Money in the Bank competition. RVD winning, beating guys like Flair, and I think Mark Henry's in that one, or no, Kane's in that one. I can't fucking remember who's in that one. I'm sure Shelton Benjamin's in it. Um... Is Matt Hardy in that one? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. RVD wins. It's a four-star match. And it's the second one in history. And he has a successful cash-in. Probably the pinnacle of his WrestleMania moments. Now, if that ECW Originals versus the New Breed match from the ECW show that was No Holds Barred took place at Mania, I think this competition would be over. But it's not. Because that match didn't take place at WrestleMania. We got the doll one with rules. However... RVD still in competition for Lieutenant WrestleMania. So what do we do now? I think it's time to take a look at the specifics. Four competitors left. Mr. T at 2-0. LOD and Bill Eady the Axe at 3-0. And RVD atop the pyramid at 4-0. Well, the first individual or individuals I'm ready to eliminate might hurt. But I think the fact that their first victory was just a squash and their battle royal was unimpressive and I don't really want to have a tag team share the award. LOD is removed from competition. Which leaves only three. One from each division. Mr. T at 2-0. The Axe at 3-0. And RVD at 4-0. Who will be Lieutenant WrestleMania! Well, this is really a tough one. But I think I know who I'm ready to cut next. I would feel very awkward awarding Lieutenant WrestleMania to a celebrity. And therefore, even though we've had a lot of fun with Club Lang Vu, um, I'm saying goodbye to Mr. T. And Mr. T, please don't come and punch me rabidly. It would hurt. Now, only two men remain. Who will be Lieutenant WrestleMania? Ladies and gentlemen, I have made my decision, and it all comes down to this. I mean, come on. Mr. Monday Night. Rom Van Dam really only has one WrestleMania accomplishment that impresses me. His Money in the Bank victory at WrestleMania 22. Axe, by God, I gotta tell you, I'm impressed with the victory over the Strike Force. I'm impressed with the defeating of the paint based demons that were the powers of pain. But more importantly, the WrestleMania 6 Tag Team Match for the World Wrestling Federation Championship is, without a shadow of a doubt, the number two match on the WrestleMania 6 card. And no, I'm not saying that because it's the second match. I'm saying it's right below the Ultimate Challenge as the main event of WrestleMania 6. Taking also into consideration the awesome business acumen of Bill Eady, Axe, to get the fuck out of Dodge before Demolition really started to suck ass... Ladies and gentlemen, the first ever and reigning 
Lieutenant WrestleMania Demolition Axe! And who would have thought it? Unbelievable! When I pulled the list, I thought, eh, should I even include him? I mean, he's one half of a tag team, and I kept waiting to write down Smash's name, but then I remembered, oh, wait a minute. Demolition continued without Axe, plus Smash became the Repo Man. How smart is Axe? And I gotta tell you, folks, this Lieutenant WrestleMania award might not mean shit. That belt don't mean shit, as Vince Russo would say, but you know what? After looking at the stats and talking everything out, I'm going to tell you one thing that I believe at the core of my heart. I am proud to call Axe Lieutenant WrestleMania. Four, five, and six. It's his own little trilogy. Do yourself a favor. When you go home tonight, when you punch that time card and head home and think to yourself, I need to unwind with a unique brand of sports-based entertainment. Why don't you load up that peacock and watch Axe perform at WrestleMania 4, 5, and 6 and tell me if you disagree with my pick for Lieutenant WrestleMania. And if you disagree with the results of this show, don't worry. There are plenty of other shows that you can listen to here on the new TNN podcast feed that will also entertain you very, very much. Uh, Write a review, share something with someone, tell them they should listen to it because, you know, this is the only podcast feed I can almost guarantee where you're going to find a conversation about who will be crowned Lieutenant WrestleMania. He's Axe! I'm Johnny C. And a winner is you. Lieutenant WrestleMania, I'd Lieutenant WrestleMania, I got ice cream. Lieutenant WrestleMania, you ain't got no legs.